Good morning. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abel's and Hyman. We taste better. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants. Anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call. My kosher personal chef business is called the Aussie Gourmet, and I cook for people for Shabbos, for Pesach. Pesach's like 120-something days, and I'm going to cause my usual Pesach panic. Um, and I hope you'll tune in every week to my exciting adventures um, on the Nachum Siegel Network and all about our kosher food traveling and sharing of great recipe and food ideas. But I want to hear about your experiences too, so you can email me, Naomi, at NachumSiegel.com. Uh, you can join up my newsletter, um, website, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, I think I got all those social media bases covered. And, of course, you can watch Table for Two on YouTube. We have our very own channel on the Nachum Siegel Net, so you can watch Table for Two and any of the other amazing shows, including the trip to Paris, the Unity Paris Unity trip. So that was amazing. I was, like, watching it live, and I'm, like, crying my eyes out. I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. It was lovely to see um, the network there and, and, and uh, all the Unity and everyone being part of it. Um so let's catch up on some business. I wanted to tell you where I all ate this week. Um, went to Moss Cafe. Um, was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a farm-to-table restaurant. So all their food is super fresh. Just grabbing some of my notes. Um, one of the most unique kosher restaurants I have been to um, it's in Riverdale. It's definitely worth a trip. I went with uh, Liz Rubin of Kosher Like Me, who has been a guest on our show, and she introduced me to the whole farmer's market, farm-to-table concept, supporting your local farmers like Naftali Hanau does from Grow and Behold. So, you know, this is just farmers, not not people raising poultry, but these are just farmers um, raising, growing crops and then bringing it fresh to um, us and it was the food was absolutely brilliant. So I'll make a trip out to Moss Cafe um, and also to Chimichurri in the Five Towns. New restaurant. I don't know how that kind of snuck by all the media pop paparazzi, kosher paparazzi that goes on. But that kind of just like opened up in the Five Towns out of nowhere on Rockaway Turnpike. Unbelievable. A charcoal barbecue chicken restaurant. Cheap, delicious. I went with... um. Who did I go with? I'm sorry, Jordana Herschel and Isaac Lazerson, some chef friends of mine, and we like got a whole feast, and it was so reasonably priced, fresh and delicious. So that's Chewy Chummy in the five towns on Rockaway Turnpike. We have a very exciting show. Um, I just want to make one final announcement. Chaya Sarah Siegelman, I hope you're listening because you are a winner. When we had Jay Booksbaum on a couple of weeks ago, we did a wine and cheese show, and we... Jay asked a question, what grapes, we did a challenge, what grapes are, is champagne made out of? People had to email me, so I got some answers um, from the audience. And Chaya Sarah Siegelman won, and the three grapes are Pinot, I'm going to say it funny, I need Jay here, but he couldn't come in, Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, I'm so saying it wrong because Australians are the worst French, French accent, and Chardonnay. So those three grapes make up champagne. So Hayasara will be getting a prize out to you. All right, we're down to business. Everybody knows that during my table for two time in the last two years, our sponsor has been, yes, I can hear you all shout out, Abel's and Hyman, America's number one kosher 
glut kosher hot dog. So we have invited Seth, sponsor of Table for Two, to join us here because he's got new product, which was launched at Kosher Fest. So we're very excited to have him here. We're also going to be having Serena Rafay, who is from Serena's Sephardic Cooking, right? And our Michael Salzbank a little bit later on in the show. So welcome, Seth Levitt. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Nice to have good, you back. Good to see you. Likewise. So it's been a busy couple of months. Yes. Uh, it's been a f- busy couple of months. We've been tinkering in the kitchen. and I love it. Trying to come up with some new products, uh, and uh, we rec- we just launched. Uh, actually, this is the first package of our no nitrate uh, hot dogs. Uh, people are familiar with the no nitrate brand that we've already come out with. Correct. Reduced fat and sodium. Uh, these are not reduced fat and sodium. These are your full flavored, full body, yeah. robust, <laughs> uh, bursting with taste hot dogs. CK looks excited. He's going to take one home. <laughs> He's got a big smile on his face. And these are actually going to hit the store shelves uh, this week. And we got we got a nice good close up of that one. Oh, these look phenomenal. They looked a little skinnier. Right, they're they're a little skinnier. They're a 12 ounce package. The benefits to these hot dogs, you know, are that uh, we don't add any synthetic nitrates. We use uh, natural nitrates that occur in celery and cherry. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah. you can actually find nitrates naturally? Yeah, and ni- nitrates occur naturally, or you can create them synthetically, and these occur naturally, uh, which is a healthier four-year alternative than uh, your regular hot dog. Right. And a lot of people are looking for that today. Absolutely. And they want the full-body flavor and taste of a hot dog, so this is this is it right now. We should have done a taste test, one to the other. <laughs> you know, I don't think you could tell the difference. Really? Yeah. It's uh, virtually impossible to tell the difference. Nitrates don't give it flavor. Uh-huh. It just preserves it? Preserves the product, yeah. So do these have a shorter expiration date? Yes, a little bit shorter. Uh, they last uh, about 90 days, refrigerated. I mean, okay, you can keep the product. that's pretty good. Right, you can keep the product frozen, and it'll last, uh, you know. Indefinitely. Basically. Especially in the vacuum packs. Right. I mean, you've got a lot of variety of hot dogs out yes. there now. How many different types have you well, got? We must have about uh, seven to eight different uh Flavored hot dogs, chipotle flavored hot dogs, beer flavored hot dogs, whiskey flavored hot dogs. I love the beer ones. Uh, our reduced fat and sodium hot dogs, the no nitrate hot dogs, the regular hot dogs, you know, mini cocktail frankfurters, knockwurst. We have a, we have a full ray, full line. And as well as the salamis, your servalots, your salamis are number one. You can right. buy them everywhere. Right. And now you have an online store. Right. We have an online store where you could purchase uh, products online. And uh, we're actually coming out with some new salamis as well. Maybe when we come out with the uh, – when we have the peppercorn salami, we'll come back and you'll yeah, get a chance to uh, yeah, taste it. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yummy, yummy. So it's it's nice. Why did you decide to to move into the let's call it salads? Because it's so like hot dogs and salads. We were looking for something that would complement the protein that we're selling, and we thought that what better way to complement the items and produce salads and uh, we call them dippers and toppers that would go perfectly with the with the salamis and the hot dogs that we currently make. Fantastic. These are items that you could either eat alone. Uh, we have a uh, pickled onions, we have cucumber salad, we have a unique item called krautslaw, which is more or less a combination of sauerkraut and coleslaw. We're going to have to try those. Uh, they're delicious. Uh, this is made with a unique recipe uh, with naturally fermented uh, sauerkraut. You know ferment- eating fermented food is really hot and trendy right now. And it's very good. There are a lot of benefits to naturally fermented product, especially for your digestive tract. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So eat up on the krautslaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're coming out with some, uh, these are in convenient 16-ounce packages, and we're coming out with some uh, dippers. Uh, 
jalapeno dipper, uh, sweet and sour relish. Uh, that would yeah. go great on a hot dog. Um, we're going to have a uh, uh, sweet pepper dip as well as a cranberry horseradish dip. Cranberry horseradish, I like that. Yeah, and they're sweet and hot. Right, the those same. are going to be in four ounce packages, so you can buy all four and and serve them for guests and family, barbecues, at gatherings, at kiddishes, whatever you like. I like that. Yeah. It's really, you know, like you've taken a brand and you've just grown it immensely. Right. How how Abel's and Hum is going to be now fifty two no, uh, or fifty three? Sixty two. Sixty two. Yes. Oh, because we had the sixtieth birthday party right. at in Gourmet Club. That's right. Now, are these already on the shelves? These are on the shelves. These are available. Why don't we open one up and you can it's have a chance to taste it? Yeah. So I'm, I'm just not going to eat the hot dogs today because I have a bit of a sore throat. I think I, do I sound, my voice sounds a little bit deeper than usual. Um, but um, I'm going to have, I need to have like a lot of tea and honey. And I, being an Aussie, I put milk in my tea. So I'm going to just stay par of today. Um, so we are having, okay. Okay, would you like? Yeah. ZK is not turning. Oh, he is so happy. If we can turn the camera on, ZK, can I turn the cameras on? No, no. Do not do that. <laughs> so we're going to have some. Krautslaw. Do you know, I, I happen to love coleslaw. Like, it's like a thing. Wherever I see coleslaw on a menu, I like, I always try to order it. Okay. So now we're going to, first we're going to try the krautslaw. So this is a combo of. Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut and, and, and cabbage. And, well, cab- and coleslaw. And coleslaw. And it, we have, it contains pickled onions. Why don't you tell me what you think okay. it contains? I'm smelling it. Smell the vinegars. I'm going to make my bracha. Mm. Oh, yum. Really good. You have to say that on, ZK, on, on the, the mic. where's the microphone, mate? You hear me in the background. Okay, he, he, know, he knows how to do the sound. Cause Would you like to try? Oh, my God, this is so good. And this is a unique item. No one has a product like this on the market I like right that. I have I have two flavors. I have going in my mouth. So I've got coleslaw right. and I've got sauerkraut. Right, and you also have some pickled onions. Uh, pickled. Uh, you have some pickles. Excuse pickles, me. Yeah. Pickles and some carrots. Oh That's my really god! My personal favorite is the uh, pickled on mm. the pickled onions, which are great for kiddishes. I love pickled onions. I have a, actually a recipe on um, for fish tacos on on joyofkosher.com and the Joy of Kosher magazine. For um, to make your own pickled onions for your fish tacos. So now you don't have to make your own. You could use buy mine. I know any less steps sometimes because it actually got to get the onions really fine. Right. So that's a bit of a pain. So now and they last forever. Okay. Pickled onions. Uh oh. They're probably don't, like not so harsh on your breath. No. Very mild. Everything that we make is basically is really mild. Except we, maybe the chipotle. Okay, the chipotle is a little hot. <laughs> but you're asking for it when you say chipotle. Right. Okay. There we go. A little more. Okay, a little bit more onion. Ooh, ooh, I'm so excited. All right, now we're going to try the red onion. You try a little bit. You hear it crunch? Mmm. Nice. Ooh. Has an interesting flavor. Yum. Okay. And finally, we have the cucumber salad. Oh, good. And the cucumber salad are made from the greenest farm-fresh cucumbers that you could possibly find. Where are you getting them from? Uh, local farm. There you go, farm to table. Farm to table. Farm to farm to Abel's and Hyman. Okay. Hello, Michael. Lots of traffic today. Come grab a seat. Well, I guess they're in. Okay, these are, it almost looks like a pickle. It almost looks like a pickle, but it's a cucumber. Oh, cucumber. It's fantastic, I just want to say. I love it. 
but has like a very light pickling to it. Did you try some? Yeah. It has a very light awesome. pickling, and I don't usually love cucumbers. Right. This That's is fantastic. Thank you so much. Mmm. It's sweet. Yes. We have a, an exotic blend of spices that we use. I oh. can't really tell you what's in there. Oh, if they tell us, you know, he's going to have to... Okay. This is great. I really like that. Thank you. Well, very nice. The coleslaw is excellent. Thank you. I mean, really outstanding, the, the Krautslaw. Right. And it uh, goes great. It goes, it goes great. You can put them on top of your hot dogs, on top of hamburgers, on top of steaks. You could eat them plain. Whatever you like. You know what? Like for Shabbos. Right. You know, like people are so into dips on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. With the chalas, I would put some of the pickled onions out. Right. Some of the cucumbers, the, the krautslaw, shalashittis. Excellent, also. excellent. Yeah, that's really good stuff. And make a nice little deli platter you could do with that also. Right. A lot can be done. Slice up some Abel's and Hyman salamis and make a cute little kiddish platter. Cute stuff. Thank you. I'm really excited about this. So everyone, uh, it's out? Like it's out in the in stores. It's in Gourmet Glad, it, it's in, it, where is it? It should be in Gourmet Glad, Seasons, uh, Rocks, all the local stores in the five towns in New Jersey. What about New Jersey? Uh, Cedar Market. Uh, uh, what about Grand Florida? Uh, it hasn't made it to Florida yet because we just shipped out our, our first order. The first order went to local markets. Usually that's how uh, oh, okay. it works. Is that how it works? Yeah. When you have a new product, you've got to start local? Start local and then you expand outwards. Well, when you came into Abel's and Hyman, how many years ago? Uh, it will be 19 years, uh, July 7th. Okay. Wow. He knows the exact date. I know the exact date. <laughs> big, a big day. Yes. You know, it's it's unbelievable what you've done with this. You were a young guy at the time. I was and We're still young. Still we're still young. young. We're still young. But uh, 2023 or 24, 23. Wow. And you have just 24. taken this company and just yeah, we've boosted it and grown it and... You know, I, I heard uh, someone speak once. Uh, I went to a forum, uh, a YJP forum, which is uh, Young Jewish Professionals. Okay. And uh, they had a, a CEO of Versace come speak to this. Oh, that's group. cool. Yeah. And it was a small group. It was eight people at a table, at a round table. And uh, he said something very interesting. He said that um, it's great to have a brand, which is what Versace is, but you have to have something behind the brand to sell. It has to. You have to have quality. And... You know, when I saw this company uh, 18, 19 years ago, you know, with my partner at the time, uh, we recognized the quality that was coming out of the factory. Uh, It was unmatched by any other company in the market. People Um, say that. Small batches, uh, uh, real spices, not extracts. Um, You were in the factory. You saw the type of meat that we used, lean meat. Um, Roasts, roasts, like not junk cut up, cut cut offs. You know, it's a real piece of meat. And uh, you know that's really what's helped grow the company. I mean, I could take it to a store and I could show it to a store owner, uh, but the consumer has to like it and buy it again for it to be successful. And that's really uh, what 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 happened. What what's happened over the last uh, eighteen nineteen years? It's it's unreal and it's been like amazing. Like just watching and even the last two years, what you've done with the company. Since we've been working together, we've had beer and whiskey, um, Hot hot dogs. New salads new now. Salads, new dips. F- dips. It's it's really unreal. You should just continue this Thank amazing you. roller. It's not even a roller coaster because roller coasters go, go down. down. You go up. Let's hope. Let's. Let's up. Amen. Thank amen. You. And and with uh, Hod Golan. Yes, working with Hod Golan as a, a partner company. It's uh, been really nice. 
Yeah, fantastic. Seth, thank you so much for thank joining you. us thank and you for, for me. your sponsorship. You're and very welcome. Yeah, we've got some big things. You've got big things coming up, and we'll continue to uh, share anything Abel's and Hyman's got. We've got a great uh, selection of stuff right here in the studio that we're going to just maybe pick on during the show. Okay. <laughs> ZK will make, be very happy with that, right? <laughs> um, okay, so Seth, you are welcome to stick around, switch seats with Michael. Michael just got stuck in traffic. So uh, today and like every day in late December in Manhattan is gridlock alert. So I was toying with taking the train. The weather's been delightful. Uh, the last couple of days, um, I'm not sure uh, exactly why the the uh, I don't know winter stolos I don't know what the right word is, but I'm just going to run with it because this time last year there was a foot on the ground, and I'm very happy to not have to wear a coat right now, so it's great. Um, so Michael told me he's going to be running late, but you got here just in time, so we're Terrific. very excited. And stay tuned because after Michael, we've got Serena Rofe. Uh, joining us as well. So, um, Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been Pleasure. a while. We've been talking about having you on the show for ages. First, you had to get the kitchen ready, right. then it came ready, then we had to coordinate the dates, and then I moved to date. So. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I just have one Abel's and Hyman cute story. Oh, sure. It's, it's fortuitous. Is, is the mic on? Yeah. I love hearing stories. Okay, let's go. So, my son was in the U.S. Army and was stationed in South Carolina in basic training. So we had sent him some hot dogs, Abel's and Hyman hot dogs, shared them with uh, some of the other soldiers, and we had to keep sending him because all of the uh, non-Jewish soldiers loved your product. So uh, it was That's why sales went up that month. Yeah, that, that month in the U.S. Army, yeah. Thank That's you. awesome. Nice. Wait, didn't your son have the hot dog cart at one he point? Had, he was a part of that as well. I just thought about that. Oh, my gosh. I think they had – my son had left it, and I think the cart has uh, subsequently uh, closed I n- down. I never got uh, to go uh, there. Holy rollers, right? That's it. I really that wanted it. to go there. That was it. Okay, nice. Okay, so that's the g- an interesting I, connection. I, I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, very nice. You're feeding the U.S. soldiers. Do you send to kosher troops? We do send to kosher okay, troops. Okay, great. Um, I was When I was in Alaska last week, I, I stayed with um, Captain Michael Bram. And he had received, it was Hanukkah time, and he had received tons of packages from kosher troops that night, and he was going to take them over to the um, base to give out to all the Jewish soldiers. My son was stationed in Fairbanks. Wow. Okay. The whole, uh, for a whole year or during the summer or during the winter? Winter, Oh, my God. You know, this part of Fairbanks that gets almost no daylight or all, yeah, no daylight or I guess in the other part of the no, no, no night. So that's a crazy place, but I loved it. Yeah, beautiful. Um, okay, so welcome. Thank you. We're very excited to have you here. So Michael and I became friends, you know, through our foodie groups. Right. Um, and Michael had this brilliant idea to do, well, why don't you tell us? I don't want to call it a soup kitchen, a commercial kitchen. It's more than that. There is something that exists across the country uh, called the kitchen incubators. Uh, they're in the trafe world, and they're all over. And there aren't any in the kosher market per se. Now, what do you mean kitchen incubators? Someone who has – it's essentially a shared commercial kitchen space. So someone who has a product and wants and needs to expand and go into a commercial kitchen in order to produce their product uh, have a couple of options. They can either outfit their own and go to the major expense right. or try to find a location where they can rent essentially shifts – 
and to in order to produce their product. It's under the Board of Health, and in our case, it's under the, the Vada Rabunum of Queens as well. And what we try to do is help people launch their new, their concept, their food idea, and bring it from the uh, the fledgling, fledgling idea to hopefully a successful uh, product. Fantastic. Now, where is this actually located? So we're, we're located in Forest Hills. Um, for many years, I tried putting this together, and it has its own uh, challenges and obstacles <laughs> that, that exist. Um, and oddly enough, I've, uh, I am now the executive director of a, a girls' school in Forest Hills, a girls' yeshiva, and, and which has a very large commercial kitchen. <laughs> and it's just a tremendous synthesis of idea and opportunity uh, for the school to allow and for us to use this asset in the school, this commercial kitchen, and allow people to, again, start their this new concept or this new business of theirs. Right. So, say, if one was a chef or, you know, a, a, a personal chef that had this great, like like Miss Wonton, we had her last, last her product on our show maybe two weeks ago, um, and she's, I think she, she's definitely under a cash, I can't off the top of my head remember which Kashrut authority she's under, but if someone wanted to have a private business, she makes amazing wontons or, you know, I don't know, I make fish, a lot of fish for people. So if I wanted to be under a hersha, I could come in, rent the space from you. Right. Now, do you have equipment? We, we're, we're a kitchen that's operational right now for school, so we have a lot of equipment in place. Um, for the most part, everyone that's come in has what they need. Uh, the particulars of someone who needs special molds for cakes or something like that, specialty items. So that's something we wouldn't have. But for the most part, we have a dairy and we have a flashic uh, sides of the kitchen. Oh, really? Yeah. It's both. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, we have a walk-in freezer, walk-in refrigerator. So we have a lot of everything that – pretty much everything that someone would need in order to um, start experimenting and producing a, their product. And how does one reach you? They can reach us at the uh, 718 718- Two six eight, two six six seven. That's the the school number. They can ask for me. Um, uh, it's Benos Malka. Correct. And I am also on on the food groups. You'll see me in in, in most of them. Um, the the idea was initially called Claire's Kosher Kitchen and Commissary. Claire was my mother, Alea Shalom. And um, so, if people are on Facebook or they can Google Claire's Kosher Kitchen, you'll certainly be able to. Uh, Get in touch with me there. We have people using the kitchen now, producing. Yeah, who, who's in there? Can you share? Oh well, I wish I had their product. I see all the, <laughs> the wonderful, you know, pickles and, and salads here. Um, there is a, a particular person who actually makes uh, herring, uh, his own herrings, and he's, he's on hiatus right now. Um, he's actually uh, in Israel right now, so he's not uh, producing right now. But we also have someone who's uh, a regular producer of uh, called Kender's Confections. Which is I a vegan um, chocolate chip, uh, white chocolate chip cookie, as well as macaroons, which are gluten free, obviously. So he's he's producing regularly in our kitchen. We have others that have done. We've done catering, as you mentioned. Someone came in and catered a Shabbos Shevarachetz, needed a kitchen under Hashgacha, and was able to produce everything right there at tremendous savings for themselves as well as for the, the I customer. I love this. I love this concept because there's been times I've had to knock down, knock, or people have knocked back me because I don't have a shkocha. 
because I go into people's homes, I cook in their homes. But this is, and then they can't take it to the shul. So now we can come down to. You're open. You have an open invitation. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's really such a wonderful, like I said, and now that CKCA is closing and closing down the professional program, which is so, so sad because I have met so many of their students and I've given them jobs. Um, I've taught classes there from the beginning. I was one of the first teachers there. I took four weeks now in the summer at uh, Ramaz, uh, all under Jesse Blodder. He's a superstar in my eyes. Wonderful. He's going to continue. He's going to do something. We're just waiting to hear what. Right. I'll tell you that six months ago I petitioned uh, New York City for a grant in order to uh, help those out in the workforce to reenter the workforce, perhaps in the culinary uh, field, and they gave us a, a grant. Fantastic. And, and we're actually starting, this was started months ago, uh, but we're starting on February 7th, a, a class by Naomi Ross. My very, 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 very good friend. She's a, certainly a wonderful chef as well and is an instructor, and she'll be giving a 10-session course uh, in our school uh, for would-be or... Wannabe? Wannabe, would-be, recreational, professional, and... Uh, Whenever you take a class with Naomi, you walk away... With so much. Naomi Ross is so talented. She's just relaunched her website, uh, Jewish Cooking Concepts, and it's also Kosher Cooking Concepts. She's brilliant. She's a good cook, but she's very wise. I mean, Table for Two listeners have heard her on my show four or five times. She's been on a lot. She has the depth of knowledge that I don't have. I have the passion and the excitement for food and, and putting food and flavors together, but she knows so much more behind it. So if you are looking to go a little bit more... Uh, either as a career or just want to learn something about cooking. And, you, you know, my husband said to me the other day, you know, I don't know how to cook anything. If something mm-hmm. ever happened to you, I'd, I'd be at a loss. I'm like, it's called gourmet glut, take out. <laughs> the, the freezer isn't stuck. Yeah, no, you know, that can only last us so long. But, yeah, it's, 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 un, it's, it's so fantastic that, you know, you're looking also like you're growing this concept from, you know, just pe- people being able to, take classes um, to come and bake there and now you're giving classes there you know there's something in Australia called Our Big Kitchen OBK started by my friend's husband Rabbi David Slavin Um, and it's basically I don't want to call it a commercial kitchen a soup kitchen because it's a soup kitchen it's a they give cooking classes there they do challah bakes there all kinds of like what you're doing you can rent out the business any kosher caterer in Sydney can go in um, and, and rent the space and cook there they do tremendous amount of work. They do Jewish prisoner rehabilitation there. You know, the Jewish prisoners out on day release can can go there and, you know, um, get credit for community service. It's it's amazing. You can pay off your parking fines. If you there actually you can listen to my show. I think I did it last year. CK and I Skyped that show from Australia. It must have been uh, last May, May 2014, with Rabbi David Slavin. It's actually a very interesting show of what they do in Sydney. And, you know, you could grow this like they've grown theirs. OBK must be at least 10 years old. When I, when I started the idea, I actually spoke with him at length. He was He's a, a, a really a, just an angel. He uh, he's, spent a lot of time with me on the phone, and uh, I could listen to his accent all day. So what? That, no, he's American. You know uh, that? He's caught on some of his. I know. <laughs> some words snuck in there. Do, do I sound American? Um, yeah, just like from Brooklyn. 
Yeah. You know, but Just some like people say when I answer the phone, they go, you, you know, you, you sound, is that Naomi? I'm like, or people go, is your mum there? Because I think it's my kids because I sound American. I'm like, no, it's me. Yeah, I definitely picked up a little. A little Sorry. I think I picked up a little American twang, but maybe not to you, <laughs> to you Americans. In Australia, they know that I don't live there because they can hear something's off with my speech pattern. I sound too American for them. But, yeah, so this is a really lovely, lovely concept. We're very excited. Um, I'm ve- I, I hope that people will sign up and listen and, 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 and join um, the show. Okay. <laughs> Serena must have stepped out of the studio. Okay. Um, so, guys, you guys should be in touch and, and, yeah. and definitely see what you guys can do and help each other. We've got uh, Michael Salzbank here and we have Seth Levitt here. Uh, our first two guests, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachman Siegel Network. Our show is also heard on our Rutsheva English Radio, and we are sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We, yes, we, we taste better. We taste better. Okay. All right, do you need to go? So, okay, so right back. Okay, great. <laughs> While Serena is uh, running off, we have to feed our meters here. That's something you just have to do on the Lower East Side. I got lucky. I got a spot. Oh, you got very lucky. No meter. And I came here. Okay, so I love Waze. We're just going to talk a little bit about Waze for a second. It's always a challenge getting here at a certain time in the morning, right, CK? It's very hard. No matter how early I leave, it's like no matter how late Chubbis is, we're always in that rush. So I, I always turn on Waze and I listen to the radio. So this today, the Waze told me, and I followed it. You okay. always have to follow ways. You, you trust in ways. In ways we trust, right? Okay. So I I came through Crown Heights over the Manhattan Bridge. Now, I've done over 100 shows here. That means I've been here 100 times, and I used to live here. It, I, I never had, I never crossed the Manhattan Bridge. It never brought me to the Manhattan but I flew. Right. Like, it was moving the whole time. The only bit of traffic was coming from um, the Barclay Center to the Manhattan Bridge. It was like one and a half mile stretch of a little traffic, but otherwise I flew. I couldn't believe it. Trust in ways. It's unbelievable. It's an Israeli company. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. From Ranana, I believe. I think so. Yeah. We've spoken about that. I think it took me through Ranana to get here today. Really? (laughs) And you came from Kew Gardens? (laughs) Yeah. Kew Kew Hills, yeah. You know, it's it's really crazy. So look, you know. I love ways, but today... (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it was a little bit of a challenge. Right. It was definitely a little bit of a challenge to uh, to get everything in today. Um, okay, so while we are waiting, uh, I want to do my What's for Dinner segment. We're waiting for Serena to come off. I was going to do a little bit later in the show, but we can just go with it now. What's for Dinner segment sponsored by Gourmet Glut. Um, okay, so you know, like, it's really popular to make kosher bacon. This actually applies to you, Seth. I thought I would surprise you with this one. So Seth's Abel's and Hyman make something called beef fry. Correct. So I take the beef fry and I put it on a cookie sheet line with parchment paper. I sprinkle it with brown sugar and then mm. I bake it. I can't give you a time amount. I bake it at 400 and I can't give it your time amount because everybody's oven is a little bit different and you have to watch for burning and some pieces are bigger and some pieces are smaller, but it will start caramelizing. Sure. So you're basically making beef candy. That sounds delicious. It is so good. So then when it's cooled down, because remember, sugar hot is very, like toffee, it's very, it can really burn you. So that once it's cooled down, I chop it all up so it makes crumbles. So I've used that a little bit on top of my bacon donuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> I made bacon donuts with it. But then I also roasted some butternut squash. Um, and then some, uh, and then I took fresh spinach from Gomeglat. I buy, the, I love their fresh greens. I have arugula and baby spinach is always there in Gomeglat, fresh and checked. 
Um, so I've got in my big salad bowl, I've got roasted butternut squash with, I seasoned it with cumin, salt, paprika and garlic powder. I use my fake and bacon, uh, no, my, ba- my beef fry, <laughs> my beef fry that we caramelized. Um, we use six cups about of our spinach and then the dressing, I take hummus, lemon juice, olive oil and cumin and I make this delicious rich dressing and I toss it all together. It is so delicious. So um, it's actually going to be up on my website. So go to azigome.com and soon we're going to have a Nachum Siegel Network link to the recipes, which we're very excited about. Stay tuned for 2016 about that. Um, so that's a really good, that, that beef fry is crazy. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I, we, we actually didn't touch about that, um, when we were talking, but that, it's, it's fantastic. Years ago, I never would have looked at it. I'm like, oh, that's too fatty. I'll never eat that. But now I have a new use for it. And actually, the fat melts away. Right. So we're just getting that full flavor of the fatty part of the meat, but you don't eat the meat and then it gets caramelized with sugar. I'm not saying this is a dietary salad, no. but you are eating it with spinach. So it's kind of like, you know, got to balance something out. It's a wash. That's what I say. Everything you eat on Shabbos is a wash. And this is a really great salad, so make sure you uh, uh, download that from uh, my website. Uh, that's our What's for Dinner segment by Gomer Glatt. I'm going to ask Serena to scooch over. Um, guys, you are welcome to stick around and schmooze with us throughout the show because this is going to be really exciting. Serena is a wealth of information. We're going to keep our yummy Abel's and Hyman product right here. I'm stealing this cucumber. You're- okay. Okay, we'll be in touch. Seth is saying goodbye to us. Thank you so much for joining us. Mike, you're also leaving. I know. He, he- his meter's running, but you're welcome to come back up and join us because this is going to be absolutely fascinating. Thank you to you both for joining us, um, and we will be in touch. And people who want to reach out to Michael can definitely reach out to Michael. Um, and then if you also you can email me, Naomi, at nachamsegal.com, and I can put you directly in touch with Michael as well. That's another great way to do it. Thank you, Abels and Hyman. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome to stay, as I said. Okay. You can feed the meter and come back up. <laughs> What a crazy day right here on Table for Two. Okay, so I'm just going to, while Serena gets setting up, I'm going to eat another one of these yummy. Mm, that was so good. Did you try? I'm afraid to. They look too good. They look too I good. I might eat the whole thing. You might. Oh, no, <laughs> you can't eat the whole thing. We don't let. <laughs> <laughs> this is Serena Rofe, everybody. Welcome so much. Thank you for coming. We've been trying to, like... We met like a year or two ago and just schedules never changed. It didn't free me up. And finally. When finally. I, Thank I, God. On <laughs> kosher food bloggers, you know, is, uh, you, we said, we're setting a date. Because what I had done was I emailed Jamie, um, Jamie, um, Turkel from, <laughs> I was going to call her maiden name, Jamie Roar. I was going to, um, I emailed Jamie Turkel, um, and I said, I want to do a whole bunch of dates, solemn, get all my dates in. Um, for the schedule, my guests for the shows, and that way, when I saw you, I'm like, I right Let's away, write it down. I said, write it down, and like, you, we we set the date, and here we are, and I'm very excited, very excited. Very excited. So thank thank you, for you so much my for pleasure. inviting me to the show. We are actually going to be doing some sort of Moroccan feast. Well, We're, Moroccan, moving, Syrian, Mediterranean. I, I, I love to Moroccan talk about Sephardic. Serena Sephardic cuisine um, and my new cookbook. Which is called Backyard Kitchen Mediterranean Salads. This is the the cookbook. And what I wanted to do was talk about, you know, how it came to be, if that's okay with you. That's exactly one of my questions. Let's talk a little bit about you in the beginning. Where Where were you born? 
In America? Or were I, you born in, in... No, I'm born born in Brooklyn. I'm second generation American. But I'm heavily influenced by the Syrian Jewish community. My grandparents, all four of them were Syrian. Okay. My parents were both born in America, so they're, they're American. But are they... Right, okay. So they're American, so Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn born and raised. And my... But my... Food was such an important part of our culture. Food and the way you entertained... Um, and the welcoming feeling in the home, and it was just a, a, a part of us. And as I got older, I started to see that the next generation of young brides, everybody's going out and buying things. People weren't cooking at home. And I felt like the art of cooking, the traditional foods that I grew up with, was being lost. What kind of foods is that? Well, for example, um, kibir and lahamajin and sambusak and all of the different foods that are really important to the culture of Sephardic Jews. Uh, and the Mediterranean diet is so healthy today. Yeah. It's considered the healthiest diet really in the world. And so I thought, my, my kids said, Ma, you're such a good cook. Let's do something with that. And so over the How years. How old were your kids when, when they said that? Were they little or they big? They actually were little. Uh, we lived away from. Like we lived in Maryland for about 18 years, and so I wasn't around my mom and my grandmother, so I taught my kids to be my sous chefs. Oh, I love that. And <laughs> that is they learned to right? chop. They learned to curl sambusak. They learned to make kibbeh with me and 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 sachicha, which is a Sephardic even... sausage. We make our own sausage. We make our own cheeses. And my kids, my son, who's 27, can make string cheese like no one else. I mean, it is unbelievable how we've been able to pass it on. And my kids said, we came to New York and nobody was getting this. And so my son said, my older son said, let's start with some videos and let's do an app because these are the kinds of things that pass from mother to daughter. And or mother to mother to daughter. And if, if mother to child isn't happening, then we need videos to show people how to do that. So we created an app called Serena Sephardic Cuisine. You've actually got an app on your iPhone? I have an iPhone app. It's got 50 <laughs> embedded videos that show you how to set up your KitchenAid. The KitchenAid, the KitchenAid demos are, are most sought after, most hits. Um, how to set up your KitchenAid. I'm speechless. How to make a kibbeh, how to curl the sambusak. So it's What's sambusak made. again? Can you remind so me? So sambusak is, um, it's made with semolina and flour. That's the dough. And then it's filled usually either with a like cheese a, Like mixture. a bareka, but different? It's, a, it's different than a bareka because the dough is different. It's a semolina and flour with either butter or if you're making it parv with uh, margarine. Because we, we had on the show. And then it's, it's, it's got sesame seeds on it. It's anzaroot. And she, did it, yes. and she did it all gluten-free. Is that she what she made? Barakas. These barakas. are not gluten-free. No, she had, I think it was sambusak. Sambusak, it has sesame seeds yeah, on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to curl the edges. When you go to the catering halls, they don't take the time to do that. They just they just close, close seal it. the ends. Like but a wonton. The, but the beauty really is in is in the curl and in knowing that when you're entertaining, they all need to be the same size. So my mother had adapted this um, this technique where she would take the dough and she would actually put it on a tortilla press. And then we'd take a cookie cutter 
after it was on the tortilla press so that it was it was all the same thickness and then it was all the same size and then we would stuff it we would stuff it and and curl the edges and seal it um and that things like and then pastries uh baklava um all different kinds of 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 dessert pastries there are certain foods that we eat only at certain times like what like for example when a girl gets engaged Okay, and there's a, Mabruk, a meeting right? of the family, Mabruk, Mabruk, but we Mabruk. serve we serve a, an almond drink. It's a it's an almond drink, and very few people know how to make these kinds of specialty items. I have no idea. So we, my grandmother, I want to show you a picture of her. This is her. I love this. When we always talk she about this. was a bride. <gasps> Where in, in in New York? Um, my grandmother's older sister was. Um, she had a restaurant on the Lower East Side called the the Egyptian Rose Restaurant. We're right here on the Lower East Side. <laughs> and it was actually quite close to here on Essex Street. And, and was so it a kosher restaurant? A kosher restaurant. And so because, because what would happen was when people were coming to the Lower East Side, especially the Syrian men, they were coming by themselves. So she had this restaurant where they would go, and it wasn't like a restaurant with a menu. You had pots. She, whatever she made that day, that's what you ate. So she'd say, I want a little bit of this or a little bit of that, and you'd go in the pots. And she created this atmosphere of Arabic-speaking men, and she would tell spin stories in Arabic, and they would play sheshbech, um, they toilet in, in Arabic. And it was a, like a home for them away from home because they weren't comfortable in the in the tenement tenements where they were placed with Ashkenazic Jews that didn't understand their Hebrew. Happened to my and they didn't family. speak. They didn't speak Yiddish, so it created an atmosphere. For I, n- them. I never thought about the Sephardic Jews who came through Ellis Island yes. and yes, Lalori side. I, I, I mean, there, I know there's a there's a, a Romaniot shawl from the, well, my right, husband's the family, uh-huh. the Greek. So my husband's family is Greek, mm-hmm. so they lived. They currently still live on the Lower East Side, and there's a shawl yeah from Yanina right. right up the road here on on off from Grand Street, but. I, I, I didn't think about the, the Sephardic community that came so, through. So they the had a great side. deal of difficulty. So the Egyptian Rose was kind of their home. And my grandfather actually worked as a waiter there. And then when my grandmother came, it was her older sister's restaurant, that's where they met. And then when the Syrian community moved to Brooklyn, they, in the backyard of their house, they had a garage, which they converted to a commercial kitchen. Hence the title, Backyard kitchen of my cookbook. Oh my god, that is the best backstory to a cookbook I've ever heard, right? Michael, Michael, grab it, grab a microphone. Join us. I want to see the movie. So, oh my, my grandmother, god. and it actually, they were, they were featured in the, in the, in the documentary movie, um, it was called Salem Caterers. My grandfather, it was Salim and Esther, Esther, uh, Salem. And she catered, in those days, there were no social halls. There were no, there was no place, there was no, you know, uh, East Midwood Jewish Center. There was no Share Zion Social Hall. It didn't exist in those days. You went to synagogue, you got married, you had your bar mitzvah, and then you went back to your house for the party. So they catered all of those parties. They catered everything. This is my grandmother. Um, I love that you bought this. I always like to hear the backstory. So that so was her, that, that, that was the bride. That was the bride. This is the bride from that picture. This we is got the bride that from that picture. You're now. all watching. You're all watching on the YouTube channel now on Nachum Siegel Net, and and you're seeing um a picture Esther Salem. Esther Salem. Oh. Actually, her real name was Estina, uh, and at the time that I was born in 1955, 
the movie Sabrina was very popular. Oh, so Audrey my mother Hepburn. named me Serena. Yeah, Audrey so that's Hepburn. how. As Sephardic Jews, we honor our grandparents by naming for by naming for them. Not Ashkenazi. It's like a slap in the face for them. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's the opposite for us. Right. Don't name it. It's a slap, slap in, in the, the face. face. You want me dead? <laughs> So, you know, I learned a lot of these recipes, and we did the videos. And then when I decided to do the cookbook, I wanted a cookbook that you could actually use in the kitchen, not something that was a that was a coffee table book. So I created a book that... A lot of cookbooks are coffee table books. Yes. A so lot. So this is a cookbook with beautiful photos. You can actually wipe them off. You can turn it back, have your recipe... And it fits very, very nicely on the shelf did because you self- it still has a spine. Did you self-publish I it? I self-published it. Wonderful. Um, it- I had a phenomenal photographer, a phenomenal graphic artist, Ruby Buckris. He was can fabulous. I, can I just say, you're, and one thing I always look at cookbooks is how it's laid out. Yes. That each recipe is actually got, like, the ingredients on the top, and each direction is, each direction is a separate step. I don't like when it all runs into each other because I'm like, you know, I'm too busy to like, what was I up to? What was it? I like it. Step one, step two, step three, step four. And that is the bulgur tamarind salad. Can we just talk about tamarind? Sure. I'm going to digress for a minute. Sure. I see tamarind all the time in Svartic cooking. Yes. It's a jar about this big, brown. Um, some recipes will say one and a half cups and some <laughs> recipes will take, say, two tablespoons. I'm, I'm like, what? I don't understand. Well, let's explain what tamarind is, and then like, why is some recipes got so much in it? One has two tablespoons. Well, first of all, tamarind is a fruit. Okay, it's a fruit, and to make the tamarind paste is a process. It's an actual process that takes over 24 hours. So when I make the tamarind paste and I make it from scratch, of course you do. <laughs> That's so great. Like I get mine and go. Again, go. another lost art because nobody does right. it. Right. My husband says you're the only one that does this. Who makes puff pastry? Who makes their own ketchup? Really? <laughs> right. Barbecue sauce I can hear. Okay. I don't do ketchup. <laughs> me, me either. It's a sin to put it on my table. So I, I take the tamarind and you actually it's it's very leafy and it's very uh, dense. Okay. So you soak it for like six to eight hours. And then you have to put it through a sieve like three or four times to get all of that fruit fruitiness out of the leaves. And then you have to cook it like for 20 hours. I'm so until by mine. Down to, until it, right, exactly, which is but why you, people but, do that. And but, then you jar it and it's done and you, it'll stay in the refrigerator We need people years. like you to have videos for us so the art is not lost. It would be a shame to lose the art. So that's what I do. And I, I like, I don't want to lose that art. My grandmother was an inspiration to me. And my mother as well. This is a picture is, is of my mother, mom. Is your mom still alive? My, my parents are both deceased. But they uh, created this. My parents really understood entertaining. They're beautiful people. Literally like really gorgeous people. My, my mother taught us as children. My, my sisters and I, she taught us how to entertain. She taught us how to set a table. So, for example, when we do a buffet table, the day before we put out the tablecloths, we put out every, we make a list of every dish and we literally put the dish out on the table with a label of what's going into that dish so that when we're ready to actually put the food on the table, everything is prearranged. Okay, that's, that's a very good idea. And less stress the day of less, the event. Less stress day of the event. You know what dishes you're using, you know where it's going to I go. do that for shoppers, you should know. Every week, my uh. kitchen table right before Lich Benching. Everything's laid out, all the platters. 
So with a with a serving piece, so all I have to do is take it out and scoop it into the pan. And it's my great. Mo- my mother loved tablecloths. She collected <gasps> tablecloths. So I, I learned to love them, and she was very careful about them. She folded them just so, and they were just Did by she size. iron them? I don't know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> but I, so I, I brought a few because I just, I just wanted to share. I got this one this, is beautiful this summer when I was in Quito, Ecuador. Uh, this one I got in Mexico. It's actually an Aztec pattern. It's like lace. It's and, like and the lace. one from Mexico is all got different colors for those who are listening. Oh, this I, one I got in Marrakesh. Where's uh, that? Two summers ago. It's in Morocco. In, you went to Morocco. I went to Morocco two summers ago. I got this teapot Okay. my glasses. Is that a very Sephardic thing to do is do? I mean, I know Moroccan. It's very Moroccan thing very to Moroccan. do, and there are a lot of – my husband's half Moroccan, so uh, we, uh, we've we we've incorporated I a lot of they Moroccan. I love pine nuts. I'm having Lavana Kirschenbaum on my show next week, so I can talk to her a little bit more about that. But I know in Israel, like, we always get tea in that. There's always pine nuts and nana. Nana, nana. I think, is peppermint, and they put it in the tin. We, we, we make a lot of Moroccan I need some tea now for after my, dinner. For my throat. Especially on Friday night, they like to have their nana tea. It's it's really important for after Shabbos that we after our meal that we have the that we have that tea. It, the meal ain't over till you've had your Moroccan tea. I love it. So this one I actually got in Paraguay. Where's I, that? You have Parag- really traveled a lot. <laughs> so Paraguay is um, we were in Argentina and we traveled to Iguazu Falls. And I heard that's the most beautiful waterfall. It is. It's. It's just absolutely magnificent. And my husband had some relatives near, nearby in a place called Misiones Posadas. And they took us over the river into Paraguay. And I picked up some lovely, lovely tablecloths. And they're all hand-woven and really... I'm just touching the texture. These are beautiful, very fine. A lot of detail and patterning on and, and, and a lot of beautiful... I don't even know how to describe it because I don't know textiles so it's, well, but I don't know. It's it's really hand-woven. It's hand-woven. Mean, completely hand-woven. The details. There's nothing like having a beautiful Shabbat table with beautiful tablecloths. And I believe, Michael, maybe you know, there's actually no Masora to use a white tablecloth, right? No. There's no written the law. Here, the, the colors here are... Uh, Look at this old. one. This, this is one? gold. This one was brought out of Syria for me. Now, you know, Syria is a place nobody can go these days. So Correct. I really value Everyone's this. going out. I really value this, this particular is from table a Jewish um, yes, family. From a Jewish artisan um, in Syria it was brought out for me about ten years ago. <gasps> so brought it out. Is there any? There's no Jewish community left in Syria. Whatsoever. Actually, I just wrote a uh, I just wrote an article for a, a publication about the last Jewish family that was brought out of Aleppo. It'll be in Community Magazine in January. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love community, to I write. I write for Community and Image magazines quite a bit. I'm a frequent writer for those two publications, and um, this particular this particular piece I value very much. My sister got it for me. She was able to get into the country um, for because her husband's a dentist. It was a special reason, and she brought out some textiles for me because she knows how much I love them. <gasps> that I, I'm is very appreciative. Absolutely magnificent, right? Yeah. This would look so beautiful on a Shabbat table, on a Yontif table. Oh wow! Very so nice. I, I'm very careful about my about my tablecloths. It's something that I really love, and I feel like it adds the special right. flavor, the color, um, the this, cheeriness to the table, the warmth. This is a, like a family heirloom. Will yes. become a family heirloom. Yes, yes, and, and we have a lot of that in Sephardic culture. Um, for example, um, I'll, I'll give you an example at a Brit Milah. 
uh, we have a tradition where the the grandparent the the grandparents that the child is named for are the ones that carry the baby in. Okay. Oh, that's nice. So, what so do we call that, Michael? Kvata. Kvata. I only have daughters. <laughs> I never made a bridge. So, so in my family, there's a shawl that the mother wears that's carrying the baby, and that particular shawl is handed down through the family. So we've had a shawl in my 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 family that's been handed down, and that it comes out only for a Brit Milah, and the mother wears it when she's carrying the baby. So those are the kinds of really special really nice. family traditions. And that's why I, I, I you know, Medi- um, Backyard Kitchen is the cookbook, but Serena Sephardic Cuisine is all about the culture. Right. It's about the entertaining. It's about how you set your table. It's about what you serve. What, what you, you serve, the menu that you make. Um, I, you know, I, I don't tell people how, the, how they keep kosher is everybody's individual family business, but to me it's more about the atmosphere and the passing on of tradition to our children and our grandchildren. I, 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 was, I was just listening to a radio show, and somebody was saying how nobody cooks anymore. What is it? It's not that hard. Mm, I don't know. I find I find a lot of I my listeners and and with all the foodie groups, it's it. I think people are getting more and more. The lahaches they're coming opposite. back. They're coming back. They're, they're like going crazy. People are going crazy to go out to eat. That's for sure with all yes. the food groups. Yes. But I I'm in like six or seven groups, and the groups are growing by the day, and each oh, group has got ten thousand people in it. Wow. I think the young girls are getting into it. We have. The leader of them all, Susie Fishbein, the current leader. Oh, Susie, Jamie Geller, Noreen Galex, Daniela Silva, all these people coming out with books to inspire us. And I think that's also been yes. a big revelation. Yes. But a lot of the things are, as you said, a lost art form. No one's making tamarind. Right. Right? Like No one's making tamarind paste. You know what? No one's no. making no one's making their own sausage at home. Oh, oh I have friends. Charcuterie's back, made a big comeback. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Okay, Bosch, you got a big shout out, and you know who I'm talking about. Bosch, Alan Bosch. Nah, I don't even know your real last name because we just call you Bosch, but you are the master of charcuterie. <laughs> but um, you know what's you know what's very interesting um, that I find that people are really like they're coming back to to doing a lot of cooking. There, there's you know, and no one, no one, and I've done it, makes their own gefilte fish. Who no. makes their own? You know what gefilte means? Stuffed. My grandmother used to be able to take a whole pike or whatever fish. I can't ask her anymore. She's passed away. Um, and I'm not sure if my mum remembers the exact fish. But what you do is you would take a whole fish. You would gut it, with right? right. You would then take the flesh and the bones out, leaving the head and the tail and all the skin intact. So it would be like a, a, a shell, a skeleton of a with okay. a Okay. Um, and then from that, you would mince the fish and make a gefilte fish, and then you would stuff it back into the fish. Oh, That's wow. what gefilte fish is, stuffed fish. It wasn't balls back then. It was wow. the, the mince of now the fish stuffed lost. back that's in. That's a real That's gone. Off. My mother can't make it. My mother can't. I mean, she she cooked with my grandmother her whole life, especially the gefilte fish, but I think that is lost. If anybody's ever done it, made the stuffed gefilte fish in the whole fish, Please email me. I'd love to talk to you and maybe have you on the show and Guess discuss what? it. I, I think it's such a great thing to be able to bring my mother all back. G- my mother gave me a recipe for gavilta fish. I've never tried it, but I have the recipe. You, you should. There's, there's a, is it sweet or non-sweet? I, I don't know because I, I've never tried it, but I have the recipe I in have, her own handwriting. I have, That's beautiful. I have two grandmothers. I had two grandmothers. 
um, one was from a Russian background who had no sugar in her fish. And my other grandmother was from Polish background and she had way too much sugar in her fish. So there was always the contention in my parents' house. Sweet or non-sweet? My mother said, only date a boy who likes sweet gefilte fish. <laughs> so I married a boy with Sephardi background, but he likes gefilte fish. Sweet yeah, have you learned fish. any Sephardi foods? No, nah, because it was a, it got lost when they came to the Lower East Side. He went to the Yanina Synagogue, and and um, he was a young guy by himself, and he ended up um, in learning in RJJ, and he became I call it Ashkenazized, and he learned under Ashken, motion yeah. all that Ashkenazification. Ashkenaz. <laughs> so he began a lot of it got lost. And my father-in-law Oliver Shalom, sad to say that <laughs> it's been only two years. So um, he went back to it later on in his life. Um, he met up with the Sephardic Rabbi Chacham in Kew Gardens, but he went back to it a little bit, kept up a little bit. Got, went back into some of the traditions, but it's kind of a little sad that it yeah. got a little lost because yeah. the Greek Jews have got their own yeah. unique cuisine and culture. There's a Absolutely. big um, Greek community in Seattle, Washington. Oh yes, and there's a big Sephardic community in Seattle. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go in there. Fact, the, the Melinda, gene- the genealogy convention next summer, the International Association of Jewish Genealogists, which I attend every year, they're having their convention in Seattle because. There's a large Ladino-speaking community right. there. That's where my my, my yeah. husband's grandfather spoke Ladino. Yeah, yeah. It's a great city. Have you ever been there? No, <gasps> I'm done. Well, Melinda Strauss from Kitchen Fun. Dance Tested is Fun. pushing me to go. Fun city. Lots of great kosher restaurants. Really yeah. fun city. Take the underground tour. Okay. Unbelievable. We're going to do it. All right. We're going to do it this summer. All right, Svi Nachman. We're, we got our summer plans all ready to go. Yeah, I've got a really busy summer coming up, but I know it's only not even like just not even January and I'm already working on the summer. But, you know, that's how Naomi Nachman rolls. <laughs> All right. All right. Wow, this has been an incredible show. Thank you so Trina, much. you are a wealth of information. I find when I listen to my shows and I listen to every show afterwards, I feel like, oh, my gosh, I talk too much or I didn't let the guests <laughs> say enough. But you, are, I was so, so much because you have so much information and you're so eloquent and you just said it so well and you showed us things. You bought props. I love that. Not only, like, quite often people bring food, and everybody knows I love food, but nobody ever brings the, the uh, and, you know, the cookbooks is great, but, like, all the, the props behind it and the history behind it, and that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on My the pleasure. We'll stay in touch. You let us know when the next in the series is going to come out. The next out. one is going to be main courses. Okay, terrific. And we're already working on it, so. Okay, great, great. Michael Salzbank from the uh, Commercial Kitchen. Do we have an official name for it, Michael? Claire's Kosher Kitchen. Claire's Kosher Kitchen. We've got to brand that a little bit. Yeah, we're going to work on that. Claire's Kosher Kitchen out of Benos Malka. Uh, you can be in touch with uh, Michael directly or me, uh, Naomi at NachumSiegel.com, and I will get you in touch with Michael. What a fabulous, brilliant idea to help you Thank know, you having all the up-and-coming chefs, and we'll we'll keep this conversation going. And, of course, Seth Levitt, who had to run out because, you know, he's got hot dogs to sell. What a great show we had, and we had all his – um. Kraut floor and pickled onions and ZK and I can have a little eating fest after this, so we're very excited. Uh, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nacham Siegel Network. Stay tuned. We've got music up until Lichbenching, and I just want to tell everyone who's going to be very excited, Levana Kirschenbaum is finally coming on the show, so make sure you tune in next week. I want to wish everyone a Shabbat Shalom. Take care.